Come on, isn't that exciting? Wow, we had over 20 people last Sunday at the picnic, baptized in water, uh, made that decision to follow Jesus as their next step of obedience to following the Lord. I mean, that is so exciting. We had one person uh, that was there just with a friend, and they said at the end, they said, can I be baptized too? And they gave their lives to the Lord, and we baptized them as well. And uh, God is doing some good things. He is at work in his church, and we're so thankful for what the Lord is doing. And uh, not only here at First Assembly, but in the church in Canada, the church in Calgary, the church around the world. And we're part of it, and we're moving forward. And God has amazing things in store for your life and our lives together as we uh, enter into this fall season. How many just sense the presence of the Lord here in this place this morning? Isn't it just amazing? Man, as we just come together and as we worship, I was just sitting in the front row and just the sense of God's presence. And friends, he is so faithful, isn't he? You know, the Bible says that even though we are faithless at times, he remains faithful because God cannot deny who he is. He's a faithful God. He's a loving God. He's a powerful God. He's a God that has a purpose and a plan for your life and for my life. And man, I'm so thankful for the family of God. I'm so thankful that we get to come together on Sundays like we do. And and what a joy it is to have you here today. Thank you for just being here today. Thank you for coming. And you know, uh, let's continue to be people that, that just gather around God's word and God's presence and his purposes. And I know that as we do that, uh, that, that he has amazing things in store for all of us as we just keep moving forward. What an exciting day to be alive. What an exciting day to be part of the church of Jesus. What an exciting day to see people get baptized in water. And, and uh, this summer as well, we had our young people back from camp just full of the Holy Spirit. I'm so thankful for our, our Pentecostal camp and our youth pastor, James, and his team. And just the, the dedication of all of you sewing in and sponsoring kids. We had our teenagers just come back on fire and filled with the Holy Spirit. Man, we're excited. We're ready for a fall. We're ready for a fall full of the power and the, the power of the Holy Spirit and the fire of God. And uh, as he just continues to call us together, turn to somebody beside you and just look at them and just say that word as, as powerful and as anointed as you can. Just say together. All right, go ahead and do that. <laughs> Good job. So we're starting a brand new series today and we're calling it Better Together. And over these weeks, as we're in the fall season all the way through November, we're going to be in this series, Better Together, and it's, it's all about us rediscovering again, coming around who, who we are and where God's calling us to together. We're going to be looking at some of our values as we move into October and November, but for the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about the importance of community, uh, coming around the idea again that God has, has called us uh, as a community on mission. It's in our mission statement that we are a spirit-empowered community on mission. And so we're going to continue to look at what does that mean for us to be on mission together. And so some things, as you know, uh, go better together than other things. So uh, how many know that, that cookies and milk, that they go better together? How many would agree with that this morning? Okay. I mean, cookies are good. Milk's pretty good. But together, there's something else. How about eggs and bacon? Somebody, come on. Eggs and bacon are better together. I, I kind of got thinking about this, and I thought, I think bacon is better together with almost anything. How many would agree? <laughs> We're good Canadians, aren't we? We're just, it's better. 
A couple more. A guitar with an amplifier. Now, if you're under the 40 crowd, you might go, yeah, that's better. Everybody over 40, like me, are kind of like, it's a little loud at times, right? (laughs) But it's better together, you know, if you got an electric guitar. And uh, The Incredibles, for all the the kids and the teens and the families in the place. How many know The Incredibles? Yeah, we got some Incredible fans over here, don't we? I heard that. And they are better together. Well, God has made us fit perfectly together like a body. The scripture tells us that Christ is the head and that we are fitted perfectly together as his body. You know, over these last uh, number of days as Hurricane Harvey has hit the the southern coast of Texas, uh, it's been devastating to see some of the sights and seeing some of the stories that have come up on the news. But one of the things that has been so encouraging to me is to see how, in particular, the church has rallied together. How the people of God in that region, and especially even around the United States and other places, have just rallied together, um, being down there, helping out families, working together to love people and to reach people and to rescue people. You know, I heard one story, I saw a clip on the news, and it was a lady saying, well, we had some neighbors, our house was okay, but across the street it was getting flooded. And we had some neighbors come over and say, we don't know you, but can you take us in? like family. And she said, we were happy, happy to do that. I think that's such a beautiful picture of how God has called us into his family. And so this morning, uh, as we look at this idea of being better together, over the next number of weeks, we're going to talk a little bit more about how the community works together between us, who are the family of God. But this morning, I really believe what's on God's heart is that as we look at this idea of better together, that God has called us to be rescuers to make room for others in our lives, that we are better together as we are reaching out to the stranger. And the title of my message this morning, if you are taking notes, is Making Room for the Stranger. Making Room for the Stranger. I want to show you a video. It's a company that, uh, I'm not going to tell you what the company is until after. You'll see it probably, but uh, this company put an ad together, and I want you just to look at the imagery uh, from this, this video, and I, wanna, I want you to understand and have a look at this, because I believe it's a picture uh, of how we are to be, as the people of God, to be embracing, making room for the stranger in our lives. Let's have a look at this. the funny part. (laughs) To embrace a stranger as one's own, it's in our nature. It's in our nature. This is who God has called us to be 
as the church because Jesus himself embraced us. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. While we were outsiders, Jesus died for us. He embraced us and he called us in to be a part of his family. And because God has welcomed us, he has called us to make room for others. Jesus said this, I was hungry and you gave me something to eat. I was thirsty and you gave me something to drink. I was a stranger and you invited me in. And so as we consider making room for the stranger, for others this morning, I want us just to be reminded of a few things. First, God has welcomed you and me into his family. How many are thankful for that? God has welcomed us in. He's embraced us. When we were cold, when we were lost, when we were outsiders, it was in his nature as a good father to to embrace us, to love us, to bring us in to his family. And sometimes we think about that. We think, well, how in the world can God, the God of the universe, how can he know each one of us? How can he embrace each one of us? I mean, there's you know, there's billions of people on the planet and, and all the people that lived in history. And how, how can God, does God even recognize me and does he even notice me and does he really know uh, my needs? But, you know, I think even in my own life, as I've had the privilege, one of the greatest privileges in my life is being a father and the opportunity to have children. And so each time that uh, Heather and I would come home from the hospital, we would bring a, a new little package, precious cargo. And I remember the very first time, our firstborn, just, you know, dads, you remember this, your firstborn, and, and you put him in the car seat in the back, and you just make the seat, sure the seat belt's on. And, and I usually drive a little bit crazy, but on my way home from the hospital that day, I was taking every corner like I was, you know, about 95 years old. I was one of the, I was so slow, and I was taking care, but you bring this home, this little person, and and we'd made preparation for this little one. We had, in the months prior, we had painted a room and purchased a crib and some toys. And, and, and we were ready to and happy to and looking forward to embracing a, a new person into our, into our lives. And I, I love this little one so much. And, and then we found out we were having our second. I, I remember thinking, I wonder if I can love the second as much as I can love the first. And then, when we, and then I did. And then when I had our third, I, I wonder if I could have enough love in me to, and, and I, I love them just equally, but differently still and uniquely. And, and love is not some kind of, you know, thing that will run out. The love of the Father, God's heart for you and me is, is endless. It's an endless fountain. And just as a, an earthly father, I can know and I can embrace and I can love each one of my children and know who they are and recognize their worth and their value. And, and my, I, I always had more love inside of me for the next child. God has so much love for each one of you. He has welcomed you and me into his family. And he's delighted as we've put our trust in him, we become part of the family of God. What marvelous love the Father has extended to us, just look at it, we're called children of God. That's who we really are. You are no longer strangers, Ephesians says, no longer strangers and foreigners. You are citizens along with all of God's holy people. You are members of God's family. When we place our trust and our faith in Jesus Christ as our Lord and as our Savior, we something happens that the Bible calls being born again. We are 
taken from darkness into light. We are brought from a place of being alienated and strangers from God, and we are brought into his family. And the Father has rescued us and saved us and brought us unto himself. And God is our Father, and he's a good Father. He's a beautiful Father. He's a wonderful Father that has so much love in his heart for each one of us. And then other followers of Jesus, other Christians, other brothers and sisters in Christ, they become family. And together we become God's family. This is a profound and a beautiful mystery, but so powerful. And as we understand being better together, what does it mean to be better together? It really starts from that relationship of us, first of all, recognizing again, being reminded, being refreshed that I'm a child of God. And not only am I a child of God, he's my father and a beautiful and a wonderful and a gracious father who loves me and has embraced me. He's made room for me. He has He has adopted me, the scripture says, into his family. And then recognizing again that as we look around even a room like this this morning, we look around and we see faces, some familiar, some some are strangers, quite frankly, in this room. But God has called us not to be strangers with each other, but to truly get to know one another, to love one another, to to take the extra step, to step out and to reach, to make room not only for strangers who are not in this room today, although that's the purpose of God, but it needs to start with you and me in this place, again, embracing the idea, embracing the reality that God has called us together as brothers and sisters and as family Jesus has called us, God has called us to to love one another and to be family. And so what does this mean, perhaps for you this morning, to, to make room in your heart for people, perhaps even in this room, even in this church? What about our communities? What about our opportunity to share the good news of Jesus beyond the borders of our homes, beyond the borders of our social circles, of where we're comfortable and for all of us, I feel like this morning God is, is, again, just refreshing us in this fall season. He's saying, I have such a passion and such a heart that there are thousands and thousands of people in this city that in God's heart, he is desiring them to be saved and to be part of his family. But friends, it starts with, with you and me. Uh, we will, they will know that we are Christians by our, our love and and love is about sacrifice. It's about attitude. It's about embracing one another, our, the good, the bad, and the ugly, about each other, and just recognizing that we all need grace. And this is the beautiful thing that you see happen in any kind of family, where if you're part of a family, you know that sometimes your family, uh, I don't know what it is, but it seems like, you know, I can be very gracious at times to strangers, uh, you know, out in the community, but sometimes, uh, I'll be honest, there's things that happen in my family, and I'll speak for, from them. Maybe maybe they get upset at me. I don't really necessarily get upset at them. Uh, but we can rub each other the wrong way. Isn't it true that sometimes we, we come home and we're stressed out, and we've had a hard day, and, and why is it that our family sometimes gets the worst of us? <laughs> God is calling us again to say, we're family, and we shouldn't get the worst of each other. We should we should look to love each other. We should look to embrace each other. Because as we do, it creates a greater opportunity. It creates more room. It creates more love. It creates a greater environment for the lonely to be placed in family. And the scripture says that God places the lonely 
into families. I want us to be reminded this morning that God has welcomed you into his family. And he's welcomed us together to be family. And out of that place flows, I believe, the work of the Holy Spirit that embraces and allows us to embrace others. Others that are strangers, perhaps, into a place of relationship with God. Also this morning, I want us to be reminded that God has created you and me to thrive in the context of community. You know, the Bible says that God says that it's not good for man to be alone. And how many husbands realize that that's very true? And your wives are saying, amen. It is not good for man to be alone. In other words, God made us for relationships. God made us for community. He made us in the context of being family and to know each other. Somebody said that God has made relationships his chosen delivery system of the gospel of hope. And so as we are better together, as we come around this idea, how, how are we better together? It's, it's about us, again, embracing community in our hearts, embracing what it means to press in and to press past where maybe we've been uncomfortable in the past to get to know one another at a greater level. You know, Hebrews, the writer of Hebrews encourages the church, encourages the people. He says, let us think of ways to motivate one another to acts of love and good works, and let us not neglect our meeting together, as some people do, but to encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. I really believe that we're in a season and in a time that the Holy Spirit is saying again, let's meet together, let's be together, let's lean into what he's called us to be together, a family, a community. And it says, even more as the day of Christ before his return. I, I think that in the world today that we live in, if we're not careful, we can be inundated with so much fear and so much that's going on. I mean, you just think about even just the world, and it just feels like it's spinning out of control from hurricanes to forest fires, even affecting our day-to-day lives in this city today and political unrest, and rumors of wars, and wars, and all these things, the Bible says, will take place. But when these things take place, we are to look up. We are to get excited. We are to say that Jesus is coming for his church. But friends, we shouldn't just wait around and say, well, I'm going to hide myself in a little box, and I'm just going to stick to me and my own. But all the more we should be, as the writer of Hebrews says, encouraging one another, meeting together. Even more, we need to be doing this as before Jesus returns, because the days are short. The time is coming short, and there is so much that is in God's heart for us to fulfill. And the, the writer of Hebrews says to them, you need to keep getting together. You need to keep encouraging one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. This is about 70 years after the early church started. And we know as we were in the book of Acts over the summer that, that the early church would meet together and they had devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and to fellowship, to the breaking of bread and to prayer. And the writer of, he, of Hebrews now says, even all these years later, Continue, continue to be together. You are created to be together. You are better together. You are created to be God's family. You are created for community. You are created not to live your life by yourself. You don't have to live your life by yourself. You flourish in a place of community is what he's encouraging them in. And I just want to encourage us this morning. 
that God, I believe, is calling us to a deeper place in this season. Over these weeks, we're going to be journeying together in community with each other in some new ways. I think we all feel the need. I think if, if I was to sit down and maybe interview just for a moment or two each one of us this morning in this room, I would say, do you want to live your life by yourself or would you rather live your life in community with others? I think in all honesty, all of us would likely say, I want to live in community. I want friends. I want, I want people that know me and love me and can journey with me. And in each way, we all have that to a certain degree. But I believe we find a greater blessing as God expands our community, expands our relationships. But sometimes, although that may be a need that we feel deep down inside, sometimes we, we fear new people or people are strange to us or getting out of our comfort zones. We, or sometimes we just feel like I've got so many challenges and issues, I am fearful of opening my lives my life to other people. Sometimes we're, we want community, we desire community, but there's things that hold us back. Maybe we've never experienced what real family can feel like or look like, so we hesitate because of our own upbringing, because of our own family, because of our own experiences, getting to know people or opening up and being vulnerable and real and, and finding ourselves being wounded and hurt by other people, other friends, other relationships. And then what happens is, the enemy uses those wounds and those hurts in our lives, and then we shrink back a little bit, and then we stop reaching out like we once did, and, and we stop uh, embracing and longing for and being open to new relationships and new community and a greater capacity to go deeper with people because of some of the hurt and some of the pain. Sometimes, you know, people will say, well, I, I'm okay with, you know, making a couple of new friends, but I'm kind of a shy person. And there's nothing wrong with having a personality. Some of us are much more outgoing by nature, and others of us are a little more reserved by nature. But I don't believe that Jesus has called us to live our lives in a place of isolation just because we feel like we're a bit of a shy person. I want to encourage us that God has called us to, to love each other, and I believe that each one of us can overcome any kind of fear. Second Timothy says this in the Living Bible. It says, the Holy Spirit doesn't want you to be afraid of people but to be wise and strong and to love them and to enjoy being with them. Isn't that good? This is what the Holy Spirit intends for you and me, that we are truly better together as we lean in to community with each other. God intends us to thrive in the context of family and community. So we're reminded this morning that we are invited in to God's family. He's loved us and He's called us to be in his family. He's a good father. And, and we are brothers and sisters in Christ. And from that place of togetherness, we, we can lean into community with each other in a greater way that we can get to know each other even more, even deeper. We can expand our friendships. We can expand getting to know one another as family. And then from that place, I believe the natural outflow is that God intends that we make room for the stranger that it's in our nature. It's in our nature to embrace the stranger. Why? Because it's in God's nature. He embraced you and me. He reached out to each one of us. Remember when I was a kid, there was a man that showed up at, at our church one Sunday. And our church was kind of in the suburbs, and, and it seemed to me that I kind of, it was a smaller church at that time, and I pretty much knew all the families. And we were just planting a church. My dad was the pastor. And 
one Sunday, a, a gentleman showed up, and he was wearing, you know, a big overcoat, and he was he sm- smelled kind of bad. He looked like he didn't shave for quite some time, and uh, his hair was messy. And I remember his face was red, and he smelled a bit like alcohol. And he came to the service, and I remember after my dad preached, he came right down to the front, and my dad was praying with him, and. And then as a pastor's kid, you know, I used to just kind of run around the church until my parents were ready to leave. <laughs> I remember my parents were just not ready to leave that day. And I finally found my dad, and he was in his office with this gentleman, and my mom and my dad were there. And I remember them just praying with him. And my dad says, well, this is Michael, and he, today he just gave his life to Christ. And I thought, well, that's pretty pretty cool. And, and my dad says, what we're going to do is we're going to take him out to dinner, and then we're going to bring him over to our house after and I remember thinking, I, I don't know. I was such a young kid. And my mom and dad had people in our house, but not like Michael, because he was really smelly. And I remember thinking to myself, wow, like, how's that going to go down? But we went out for a restaurant, and my parents bought him lunch. And I remember him coming over and sitting in my living room. And I remember this man in our living room just weeping as the Holy Spirit began to heal him. Uh, later, my dad found out 10 or 15 years later, he got a, um, a message from this man, Michael, and he was over in the eastern states, and he was in ministry. He was a pastor. He gave his life to the Lord. I mean, it was such a radical salvation. And so I thank God for that. But that left such a big impact on me because my parents modeled for me the community was not just our immediate family, their immediate friends. Community was not just their church family, although it was. But community bled from their heart uh, to reach out to the stranger because they were so impacted by Jesus. Because of Jesus, it's in his nature to embrace the stranger. And because it's in his nature to embrace the stranger and the lost and the broken and the hurt. Friends, God is reminding us again as we look at this idea of being better together that we are better together in his family, we are better together as family, and we are better together as we continue to extend our love and our reach as a church. This church has always been about the broken, about the lost, about the orphan, about the widow, about the down and out and the up and out. It doesn't matter if you're wealthy or if you're poor. It doesn't matter if you live on the street. It doesn't matter if you live in a beautiful mansion. You, If everybody needs Jesus, and our heart and our call as a church is that we would share this good news of Jesus, this, pa- this passionate message of the gospel, this transformational message of the gospel of Jesus Christ to everybody that we would reach out constantly and from that place of community we would never be, oh God may we never be just a community for ourselves. Although it's important and it's great and it's it's good that we get to know each other but friends may we always be committed to community with each other so that we can be the hands and the feet of Jesus embracing the stranger. Embracing the stranger. This is the heart of God. And this is the heart that God has called us to as we move into this fall season. I'm reminded of the story of Abraham. He was resting by his tent, and he sees some strangers. And Abraham had a choice. He could have, he could have said, well, there's some strangers. I wonder who they are. But it says that he ran up to them, and he invited them. He said, come in. He saw them. He says, let me make you some, some food. And The strangers came in and and met him there, and it was really the Lord. It was really the Lord. I believe that that echoes the words of Jesus that he said, I was a stranger, and you, you welcomed me. 
And God had such a beautiful gift for Abraham. Him and his wife, Sarah, were going to have a baby. And I believe that in the same way as we welcome the stranger, we are welcoming the Lord. And that God has gifts to deposit for you and me. As we as a church get even more committed, even more passionate about welcoming the stranger from your neighborhood, throughout this city, through intentional ministry efforts to just having a cup of coffee with somebody from this congregation or from the community, expanding your heart and allowing the Holy Spirit to do that, I believe that God has significant gifts for you that he wants to give you. I believe God wants to birth something prophetically in our church. And the prophetic word over this house has been that Sarah, like Sarah who had a child, who had a baby in her old age, who birthed a miracle. I believe that God has so many miracles and so many gifts for you and for me. But it started with Abraham saying, I will embrace the strangers. Not even knowing at first that it was the Lord. And as we embrace this stranger, we embrace the Lord. And so you'll be learning more about this as I share over these weeks. But I want to just kind of give you a heads up this morning and just ask you to consider a couple questions. The musicians can come as we're going to prepare for communion in a moment. But we have a vision for the month of October through early November to, as a church, commit to five weeks of more intentionally being in community together. And over these weeks, we're going to give you some tools. We're going to show you a little bit how you can take some steps in that. But this morning, I want us just to consider this morning what that might look like if you were to accept that invitation to step in a little bit deeper into community than perhaps you are right now. I wonder what that would look like for you. I wonder what blessings there would be for you. I wonder what gifts God desires to give you as you would be one that would open your heart to that. And so right from the very first Sunday in October, that's when it starts, that week. And we're going to go five weeks and we're going to journey together, all together with the same things we're going to be discussing together. We're going to be launching uh, multiple community groups this fall in October. And so this morning I want you to consider what might it look like for you to open your life, to open your home, to be willing to facilitate. You say, I'm not really a leader. We're not even really looking for leaders at this point. We're just looking for people that are willing to facilitate some discussion, just to be more intentional about being in community. I know that one of the community groups that's forming is some guys that are just kind of rallying together, working on some old cars. And as they gather together, they're going to do some projects together, and they're just going to you know, work on some cars and then just have a chance to rally and just be in community together. I know another community group that, that you know, is starting that uh, they're just meeting in a home. And I know another community group that's starting and it's, it's gathered around prayer. And so there's all kinds of ways that we can just be in community. But this morning, I wonder what that might look like for you if you were to just say, well, I can't get, I can't go five weeks because some of you are like, I got travel. And what if you could do three of those five? What, what, if you could, what if you could take some steps? This morning, I want to just encourage you just to begin to be open, to begin to pray, and to say, Lord, what might it look like for me just to open up my lives in, in life, in my community, at my workplace, within the church, to get to know some people? Maybe even it could start very in a small way this morning that before you rush off, you just look for two or three people here 
as we leave the building this morning and say, you know, I don't really know that person. I've never really had a chance to meet that person. Maybe this morning you could find two or three people that you just don't know on your way out. And rather than even just a quick hi, just maybe take a minute and just hear a little bit about their story. Maybe just tell them a little bit about your story. How long have you been coming to the church? Kind of get to know who they are. Do they have a family? Do they work here? Are they new to Calgary? Maybe we could all just take a step even today. Because as we embrace each other, I believe that the Holy Spirit will help us to embrace the stranger and to make room for the stranger. As we make room for others, the family of God in our lives in a greater way, I believe the Holy Spirit will exponentially bring such joy and opportunity that we've never experienced before. Friends, we truly are better together. And God has called us to a place of extending generosity because he's extended generosity to us. Michael's gonna gonna lead us this morning, and the ushers, if you'd want to come at this time, we're going to prepare for a time of communion together. Jesus Christ, He embraced us, and He called us to be in relationship with Him. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. And I want us to consider this morning how Jesus Christ has embraced you an outsider, and he's called you inside with relationship. You might be here this morning and you haven't yet put your faith in Christ before you would take communion this morning. I would encourage you to make that personal decision in your heart, saying, Lord, I want to surrender my life to you. And as you do, I believe that God will save you. And the Bible says that we can be born again. And so I encourage you to make that decision. And then as Michael leads us, let's just focus our hearts this morning on what does it mean to be embraced by Jesus, to be welcomed by Jesus this morning. And let's just surrender our hearts to him this morning as we gather around the cross. Jesus Christ, I think upon your sacrifice, you became nothing, poured out to death. Many times I've wondered at your gift of life Now I'm in that place once again I'm in that place once again Once again I look upon the cross where you died I'm humbled by your mercy broken inside Once again I thank you Once again I pour out my life Now you are exalted to the highest place King of the heavens But one day I'll bow for now I marvel at this saving grace I'm full of praise once again I'm full of praise once again Once again I 
Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross, my friends. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. Thank you for the cross. personalize that this morning and just whisper Lord thank you for dying on the cross for me let's bring your confession to the Lord this morning all of us as we gather around the cross we're very mindful quite often of our sin and failure over the past days and weeks. There are things that we know we're not proud of, but there's grace for you today as you come to the cross. Just go ahead and just begin to bring confession to the Lord. Say, Lord, strengthen me and forgive me and heal me. His grace is going to meet you right now. He's meeting you already. He's meeting you right now. Just bring your confession to the Lord. Say, God, cleanse me. Forgive me. Bible says that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. But if we confess our sins, He is faithful and just to forgive our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so, God, we thank you for your forgiveness. Perhaps there's unforgiveness or there's relational brokenness this morning. Just take a moment and just ask the Lord, God, help me in this area of relationship bring healing to my heart, bring forgiveness and solutions, your grace, God, I need your grace in these areas of relationships today. 